Today on the Zabe Cast, everybody asks me, how do I get your job, Zabe? Well, forget my job. I'll tell you the one you really want. Bob and Brian join me to discuss whether buying your internet by the foot would be a great idea or not so much. And even if you're a five-time Super Bowl MVP like Tom Brady, when your girl says, dress up, we're going out, you comply. If you've got 45 minutes to kill, then buckle up and let's go! Oh, here we go! Thursday, May 10, 2018. Thanks for the download, peeps. Let's get right to it. People always say to me, Zabe, I wish I had your job. And you know what? I don't disagree. I get to sit on my fat ass and blabber about sports and carry on about this and carry on about that. And I get free stuff and go on junkets and trips and you name it. It's a great gig. I don't, I don't take it for granted. But you don't want this job. You don't want the job that I have because it's a very specialized job. And when I say it's a specialized job, I don't mean to say that in like a bragging sort of a way. Like I'm a specialist, like only a few people in the world can do what I do. No, in fact, a, a lot of people can and do do what I do. It's that it's a specialized job in that if you think about it, even in my market, Washington, D.C., there are two sports radio stations that employ about, let's say, eight to ten full-time hosts at each one. And while if this were to currently end for me at the station I'm at, many people would say, well, I'm sure the other station would, would. They would pick you up in a heartbeat, all your experience, and you're very good, and you've got a huge fan base. Well, they might, uh, you know. It's interesting because, you know, sometimes stations just make their own decisions as to who they're going to hire and why and where they fit. And, you know, each station currently has a lineup of hosts. And they don't just necessarily go, oh, all of a sudden, uh, you know, Zabe is out over here or so-and-so is out over there. Let's go ahead and bring him here. And we're just going to go tell one of our guys currently doing a show that you're out, you're fired, we're bringing this new guy in. So there's not a lot of fluidity, there's not, not a lot of movement, there is not a lot of flexibility. Now, obviously, I think I'm smart enough and talented enough to do other related things, but it's not like being an accountant where you can just go anywhere, you, or, or a salesperson who can, you know, there's a ton of different sales jobs out there you could transfer to, or a lawyer, or a nurse, or something like that. And of course, I'm not the only one who is in the field that is very specialized and narrow that doesn't necessarily have a lot of alternatives if things don't work out. But here's what the job you really want in sports and sports media. You want to be management because management is like bulletproof. The story came down this week of John Skipper, the disgraced former head of ESPN, being hired with a gig with a UK-based company called the Perform Group. At 62 years old, he has accepted the role of executive chairman for this group that, quote, collects, produces, packages, and distributes content from all sports in all formats across one digital platform. Skipper will work out in New York, so he doesn't have to relocate to the UK. It'll oversee all of the Perform Group's operations and strategy 
and report to the board. Why would you want this fucking idiot reporting to the board? Does the perform group not know the trail of disasters that John Skipper has left in his wake at ESPN? The green lighting of SC6, disaster. Ratings are higher now with just generic highlight hosts in the 6 o'clock hour. This new get-up debacle, which has been well chronicled, disaster. Lesser things like hiring Katie Nolan away from Fox to the tune of a million dollars a year. And do you ever see Katie Nolan on ESPN? No. She's doing Snapchat Sports Centers, which I guess is now a thing for the Snapchat generation. She'll fill in from time to time on Dan Lebitard's TV show, Highly Questionable. Million dollars a year. That's John Skipper for you. On top of all that, of course, he was a cocaine user. I won't say addict because Scott Lynn, my colleague, always gets nervous when I say that kind of stuff. Like, that's somehow, you can't say that. Well, it's not a court of law. He was using cocaine to the extent that he had a dealer who was going to extort him, and therefore he had to resign. Huge, big embarrassment for the company. And maybe explain some of his disastrous decisions. You would think that John Skipper would be basically unemployable in any similar role to what he just exited from ESPN with the financial disaster that he leaves in its wake. Oh, but no, no, because there's always some other company to go, "Uh, you know what, he is 62, which is damn near retirement age. He is going to demand a certain high salary that, uh, you know, 62-year-olds ask for that 42-year-old that 42-year-old uh, workers do not. But no, let's hire him because hey, he used to be somebody. He used to run ESPN. Yeah, like shit. He ran it into the ground. Well, let's hire him anyway. Management people. Management. Management, management, management. That's the track you should go into. Because no matter and I have worked for some program directors who were complete zilches and fuck-ups, and idiots. And the whole time I kept thinking, you know, I have a wife and kids and a family and a house and a mortgage and I'm trying to save for college. And it's all riding, basically, on this program director who is almost basically my age, sometimes younger, who is not good enough to be on the air himself, so he really doesn't know what it takes to be good on the air as a performer in sports radio or radio in general, but he's going to decide, okay, here's what your show is going to do. Here's who's going to be your co-host. Here's what time slot you're going to be in. And ultimately, well, should we renew your contract? (laughs) No, it's crazy. I should have been management. Now, I'm not a great manager of people. I'll admit that, but I could learn. I could grow into it. Hell, I know I could have been better than any number of former program directors because it's not that hard. Just hire good people, give them a few small tips, help them out, you know, be firm, but consistent and, you know, get out of their way, let them do their thing. And then just be diligent and follow up on shit. You know, it's not that hard. Luckily, I like our guy currently. CJ has been with us in and out off and on for quite a while. And he uh, totally gets it. He's been doing a good job for us. Of course, the shit he has to deal with, the headaches. Now, the more I hear about what CJ has to deal with above him, I'm starting to think, well, maybe management is not the best possible role. But I just look at the John Skipper story saying, I've been doing it all wrong. 
I mean, it's nice to be on the air and to be the star, to get the free stuff. Management, by the way, gets free stuff as well. Free junkets, free tickets, you name it. Stealing stuff out of the prize closet. I, I'd love it if, you know, John Skipper's name and reputation should have been a smoldering black hole. It should have been like the Fukushima power plant in Japan after the tidal wave wiped it out that was so radioactive they just that John Skipper would have to be fenced off for 10 years and then finally he'd get hired somewhere else doing something completely different from television and sports and programming because it's obvious he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. But he's now the new executive chairman at the Perform Group. Good luck to him. Jake Golick, Jake Golick the son of Mike Golick, had a great zinger on Twitter in which he said, yeah, he should find a way to take the two aspects of this new company that work well together, then randomly divide them and somehow pit them against each other and then walk away. Genius! <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good one. That's pretty ballsy. That's good. That's good. Meanwhile, in related ESPN news, aside from Katie Nolan's exorbitant million-dollar salary to basically do web Snapchats, and John Skipper getting hired by another company in the UK, despite the fact that there should be a quarantine fence around his entire career at this point, uh, ESPN has decided to eliminate the role of their public editor, a.k.a. the ombudsman. This was somebody outside the company who would write a column, if not once a week, maybe once a month, in which they sort of critique the journalistic efforts of ESPN as a news organization. Other major newspapers, like the New York Times, Washington Post, used to have these so-called ombudsmans. They've eliminated that position, the Times and the Post have, and now ESPN has followed suit. Here's the interesting reason. They say that the ombudsman position has, quote, outlived its usefulness, largely because of the rise of real-time feedback of all kinds. So in other words... ESPN's like, well, why do we need this person writing this column? We've got the internet. We've got social media. Well, that is a terrible trade right there. So you're saying because any idiot with an egg avatar can tweet you something in outrage about whatever, that that's the kind of feedback you're going to take to heart, that that's the kind of feedback you need and want as an organization about how are we doing journalistically? And again... I don't know how much they could have been paying a guy like Jim Brady, who, by the way, was the last public editor ESPN had, stepped away from the role in March, said that he wanted to keep doing it, but ESPN said, nah, not so much. Tweeted Jim Brady, quote, I very much enjoyed my two-year term in this role, and as I wrote in my final column, I hope ESPN continues to have a public editor. Uh, no. No, ESPN now has the internet. Don't worry, the internet will tell us if we're doing a good job or not. You suck! You're doing a terrible job! Oh, okay, well, we'll take that into consideration. Or, ooh, look how many likes we got for this story that Bob Lee did on a all-left-handed volleyball team. We go to Ypsilanti, Michigan, where there's a unique volleyball team. Like, 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 like. Oh, we're doing a great job. Again, what could they have been paying Jim Brady or anyone who had preceded him? Couldn't have been a whole lot. But, you know, Katie Nolan, go, we got to get her. What's she doing? Well, she's really not doing anything at Fox because her TV show didn't get ratings. Well, let's just back up the truck and see what happens. Call call her agent, tell her a million dollars. And we're not even sure she's going to have to work. 
Okay, well, we'll see how it goes. Meanwhile, fire that guy who writes a column for us once a month. Yeah, we can't afford that guy. In reality, they didn't like that guy because the last column that Brady wrote was about ESPN's undeniable left-leaning bias and their tilt politically and how that has perhaps affected people's consumption of the four-letter Connecticut Cable Sports Network in the woods. You're out. Enough of you. All right, let's talk to Bob and Brian, shall we? Joining me now, my older brothers from the great state of Wisconsin, your morning shock jocks on the hog 102.9, Bob and Brian! Let me tell you something, brother. You, Bob wanted a formal open today. He wanted a formal introduction because he didn't like my soft rolling starts to the... To the Zabe cast with I you guys. Said, How's that, I, Bob, for your uh, formal that, open? That that is a that is a as, as you like to say a proper a open. proper a introduction. Prop, a proper introduction. Okay. Yes. So now people know. Hey, look who's here. Instead of going, who are these guys? Brian, who's how have you put up with your partner's ego, his fucking runaway ego, for so long? <laughs> Huh? I just ignore him. A lot you just ignore time. him. Has he, he always been Yahtzee this way? Over the was, years. was he was he this way in Melbourne, Florida, when you guys were just starting out? Was he this way in Toledo, Ohio? Along with ignoring, I also do a lot of forgetting. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think those two skills are extremely underrated in life. The more ignoring and the more forgetting you do. The more ignoring you do, the less forgetting you have to do. Well, I think that's I think that's why it's hard for me to stay angry with somebody for a long time because I forget what I was mad at you about. That's good. Yeah, that's good. So There's too. too many people that don't ignore things they should and can't forget stuff that has no bearing on life. Forgetting and ignoring are two very valuable <laughs> skills. Yeah, forgetting over things, sure. Yeah, just in general. Now, when will it kill us? When will that kill us? When I forget to pack matches when I go on a survival weekend. Well, or yeah, when you when you I think space flight's probably pretty important. Yeah, pretty know. important. Yeah. I, I oh, I forgot. With the <laughs> how about how about when you forget? Gear. How about when you forget to turn off the grill and it burns down your house? Then it could kill you. Yeah, it could be a big one. If you've why got it up against, down, why will that burn down my house? It's be, a grill. It's yeah. contained in the grill. Well, but the grill it might burn be, down your house while you're cooking a steak. Might be a movable well, grill, Bob. That it might uh, finally heat up. Around, yeah, in the bushes. Yeah, bushes lots of things. The house on fire. Listen, listen to Bob. Like, eh, it's just a grill. It's not going to kill you. <laughs> I know. I was trying to ignore him, but <laughs> keep talking about it. <laughs> all right, yeah. I want to start with a number today. All right, I got a number for you. Ready? The number is three hundred. Is this a math problem? Do I need That's to? That's a good batting average. It is. A... And by the way, our second story, there's only been two things we talk about today here on the on the Zabe cast with Bob and Brian. Just two things in our visit. This number and then a baseball thing. Oh, ba- you're gonna... people are already groaning going, I came to Bob and Brian for fun and expletives and <laughs> salacious talk. You're going to really talk baseball? I am going to talk baseball, but you're going to like it. See where it goes. So the number is 300. And I'll even give you it's a further great score in Yahtzee. That's is true. Score. And if you can get a hooker for three hundred dollars, uh, I think you're doing okay. I mean, it's wow, all it's high end for you, man. Three hundred dollars, <laughs> huh? Three hundred dollars. Well, yeah. Well, for, like to... for for just something that's gone in like ten <laughs> seconds. 
Wouldn't you be like afterwards? Wouldn't you afterwards go, God, what a waste of $300 that was? <laughs> Not so far. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, also, there's a movie 300, was there not? With dudes with impossibly ripped abdominal yeah, muscles. I think it was The 300. Okay. So, there's that. About the, uh, All right. Let me give you one more piece. Sure, of very the Roman. Yeah. One more piece of the puzzle. 300 feet. 300 football field. feet is the number. That's a goal line to goal line. Yeah, right. That is goal line to goal line. But the real number, the real reason I'm bringing up 300 feet is that a recent study, Bob and Brian, estimated that that is the average number of internet feet that people scroll through a day. 300 feet of internet. I never thought of the internet in terms of how long a roll are you looking at every day. Swipe, 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 scroll, scroll, scroll. To the bottom of the screen. Yes. Yes. You pile up 300 feet. 300 feet. Now, this has opened up a whole world in my mind of, and I bet there's an app already that would track this. How many feet you've scrolled in a day? Yes. Sure. If we have something that'll count your steps, we've got to have something that'll count your feet. Yes, exactly. And would you want to hard. know? Would you want to know the number of feet that you scroll of internet a day? Uh, sure. And would you become disgusted with God? Spent way too much time scrolling the internet. Or would you try to set a new record? <laughs> or, oh, or, I, I gotta, I'm taking a drink I right now. I almost, I almost did a spit take. <laughs> How about you go the opposite direction? Maybe it's a way to cut back. I'm, I'm. That's clear. I'm spending way too much time on the internet. Oh, I think absolutely that's the way it should be. I think not only for myself, but certainly for my daughter. My. Well, wait a minute. God. What about what about uh, this? Is for your phone? What this isn't on your on your laptop think, or your iPad or I, your computer? I don't have the story. I think if it's a screen, it counts. Okay. Yeah, I don't think. Look, I think the study was maybe just social media scrolling feet so it might have only been a limited subset didn't even include other internet on your phone and didn't include desktop stuff but basically uh they said 300 feet and as whatever the number is doesn't matter i just never thought of the internet in terms of feet as if it were screens are different sizes so yeah well how is that standardized it it doesn't brian it doesn't matter the standardization the number doesn't matter it's the concept of the internet (laughs) being delivered to you in feet I'll bet there guys I bet there are people who've gone three hundred feet before they have breakfast. What have you no had doubt. to what have you had to buy your internet by the foot? <laughs> You're out of feet. Yes. No, I'd I'd wanna yeah, I'd get rid of the big screen internet stuff. Well, we used to buy minutes on our phones. Yeah. You know, you yeah, and when those minutes were gone, hey, you're out of minutes. You what used, do you mean I'm out of minutes? You used to buy the internet by the minute with those AOL discs. Remember those days? Welcome. Bang, bong, bong. Welcome to the internet. You know that guy, the voice of AOL, is a cab driver. Really? He is. Yeah, they just did a story on him not too long ago. He was paid, I want to say, I might be misremembering this, but it seems like he was paid $300 to do the voice work for AOL, but it might have been more. might have been wow. like 600 or or $1,000. But he wasn't paid much at all. He's not living up. He's not living the life on his AOL residuals. Huh. Well, I do remember when you had to buy internet by the AOL minute. AOL isn't living the life on its residuals. <laughs> no. No, absolutely not. But what What's if we left had to... Of it? What's left of AOL? 
Uh, it still exists. I don't know. Maybe they can buy NASCAR. Oh, so we can't go there. We're going to talk about that. Yeah, we're going to talk about it tomorrow. But yeah, what is left of AOL? I mean, AOL's headquarters are right here in my backyard, right where I work in good old uh, Loudoun County, Virginia. Do where, they by keep the, way, the sign on all night yet, or do they turn it out like at ten <laughs> to save a few bucks? Can they sell it letter by letter, like when Samsung became Samsung? <laughs> uh, maybe. By the way, what is left of AOL was my Google search. Yeah. First story is a headline from the New York Times. What's left for AOL? Dated 1997. Talk about the online acquisition. Hmm. The acquisition of CompuServe's customer base is a start, smart strategic move. And I remember when the big AOL Time Warner merger was announced. Certainly, I think it was around 2004, I want to say. Who Maybe bought who in that merger? Was that AOL buying Time Warner? Or did, I, I don't remember. Can't remember. AOL used to also, AOL said, well, we can see people are getting away from buying their internet per minute on a disk. So let's go ahead and let's pivot to being a content portal. And they used to have a sports portal that would employ sports writers called AOL Fan House, I want to say. And that went by the wayside. So, yeah, I don't know what has become of AOL, but let's just get back to the feet yes. of Internet. Yes, feet. If okay. you had to purchase every month in advance how many feet of Internet you think you needed, and then you would have to pay an overage charge if you went over it, wouldn't we all be much more selective in how we use in no. the Internet? No, I do much more at no. work. Yeah, right. They're like stealing toilet paper from work. <laughs> Just steal feet of internet <laughs> feet of at internet, work. Yeah. <laughs> would it but make they'd it? know how much you took at work. Go my email. But I they would look. know how much you... Oh, I'm looking for the show. <laughs> I got to look things up during the show. I look, at, look up stuff all the goddamn time. <laughs> Tell you what, man, that internet. Just click on point, 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 yeah. point. Yeah. When is somebody going to invent a new internet? a separate internet that is a better internet that has certain rules to it that make it better than the shithole that is certain right rules. Now, what internet. rules would make it better than this no internet? Because an- no, it's the Wild West. No anonymity. That'd be my first rule. What do you mean? It'd be like a nudist, are- like a nudist camp where everyone has to be naked. Like you are who you are. People always know who you are when you're signed in. They kn- you can Anonymity, no. You can't be anonymous on the internet. You want to get together. I mean, there's certain things like you don't have to disclose where you live. I guess. Why not? Of course, that would make the internet not so fun. Maybe we all like so, we all like being a multi. little anonymous. Maybe you're not as multi yeah. if people know where to find you. All right. How about yeah, guess. how about no pop up ads, no autoplay videos? That would be forbidden on the I'm internet. All for that. That the internet would be basically three things: printed, written stuff. It would be pictures, and it would be video. I just had to redo my operating system, and they promised me no more uh, automatic starts on videos. Really? Yeah, start when you're ready to hear it. What OS is that? High Sierra. Oh, so you're on Mac. High Sierra promised that, huh? Yeah. I've yeah. got, I've got That's issues. What they told me. Is that I'm, where we're on now? High Sierra? I guess. I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> I just hit update. Fine. Update. I don't care. I don't give a shit. Sure. <laughs> How do I care? Alps. You know what, know what that means to me, Steve? It means a I different am. picture when I turn on my computer. That's all that means. Like, oh, a mountain range has changed yeah, right. to yeah. uh, a High breaking Sierra. wave has changed to, uh, yeah. 
Weren't we on? Uh, what were we on at one, a couple ago? It was like a tiger or something like that, panther or something. I don't know. I don't know. Just, All I know is I hadn't yeah. updated anything so long. Everything stopped working. You know, Wikipedia, which I could never do without on the internet, has all of these things. High Sierra's current, Sierra's prior to that, El Capitan is before that, Yosemite before that. Yosemite, yeah, that's the one I remember. Mavericks before that, Mountain Lion before that, Lion before that, Snow Leopard, Leopard, Tiger, Panther, Jaguar, Puma, Cheetah, and those are all just (laughs) Mac OS X. Right operating systems they're always updating yeah so if it's you, high sierra now okay yeah you know if, if you go back to uh i think there was a, a mac os 9 right if there's a 10 we'll assume there was a 9 yeah although you know that doesn't have to mean there has to P47 be 47 to p51 <laughs> what happened to 48 49 and 50 i don't know <laughs> Those so are the I ones guess we would have built. So I guess the net net is I cannot entice you into buying your internet by the foot in advance every month because that would suck. The very nature of the internet is we do want to be kind of anonymous and we do want all you can eat all the time, right? Yeah, and I still want to be able to clear my history. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> clear the shit out of it. How about the how about clear the history. fact clear cookies? Yes, yes. Yeah. How about the fact that Google even wrote into their software when it says clear history, and there's several options today, this week, and then the third option, Bob. You know what it says? Clear all. Oh, is no. That, what, what, clear what? The, today. It says, "Do you want to clear history?" Well, you today, can do it like a hour, last hour. I mean, it, it's pretty specific. And then yeah, here I'll do week. it. I'll okay. do it right now. Chrome, Preferences, Uh, oh, come on. Oh, maybe this is actually on uh, Safari, not on Chrome. Okay. But you go to History, Clear History, and it gives you options. Clear all history, today and yesterday, today, the last hour. Okay. Yeah. That's on on Safari. Yeah. The Chrome one says that one option is the beginning of time. (laughs) I'm not kidding. (laughs) Have you seen that? Yeah. You really don't need the missus checking this out till from the beginning. Yeah, till the beginning of time. Take her back. Yeah. Uh, I, actually, well, it just says all time. Last hour, twenty four seven four. One of these OSs. Uh, email or help me out. One of them lists when do you want to clear this from, and one of the options is the beginning of time. <laughs> okay, let's talk baseball, huh, everybody? Hey, baseball. Here we okay. Go. I I thought you guys would like this story because it is a real duh story. The Red Sox are off to a hell of a hot start. They've got a totally loaded team. And their manager, Alex Cora, has given his batters a new plan of attack. Swing more. That's it. His new philosophy, Alex Cora, to his batters is, hey, if you see a strike, go ahead. Take a hack. Well, a lot of times you swing because you think it's a strike and the ball moves on you. It's not a strike. Boy, why did he go after that? Well, I thought it was a strike. As the bench coach for the Astros last year, Alex Cora clearly remembers the scouting report for how to attack the Boston Red Sox. Said Cora, everything we talked about was there was a lot of pitches right down the middle that they take, almost like predetermined takes. Cora said the Red Sox, after running the numbers, let more strikes go than any team in the major leagues, failing to swing at about 38% of pitches they saw in the zone. Far too often, says outfielder Andrew Benintendi 
a drivable ball would harmlessly pass by, leaving himself to mutter, I don't know why I didn't swing at that. That syndrome affected everybody, contributing to an offense that ranked last in the AL in home runs and next to last in slugging percentages. And so, in other words, what they figured out was this notion of got to get on base, got to work the count, got to be a disciplined batter at the plate. Don't let the pitcher off by swinging all willy-nilly at things. You got to take a few pitches. Let the count get to you know, one ball and two strikes, and then you can bear down and see what you like. No, instead they're like, eh. If you see a pitch you like, hit the shit out of it. Novel concept, huh? That uh, That's like Little League, isn't it? I would say so, but Little League is different in that the pitchers in Little League, the kids, they don't have good control. No, so when you see a pitch you like, swing at it. <laughs> well, that's true. unless <laughs> That's you're... the sporting thing to do. <laughs> right, unless you know that... Uh, some team's fourth pitcher is now pitching because of a variety of games in the schedule. And he hasn't thrown a strike in 50 pitches. Why would you take the bat off your shoulder? You ever seen a game like that, Bob? Little league Way game. too many. Way yes. too many, yeah. yeah it's and like, it's, almost, on. it's almost cruel, isn't it? Yeah. And then you see the, the tears starting to well up in the kid's eyes on the mound as Cannot he's just the laboring plate. to yeah. find the plate. At which point, if I'm an umpire in a Little League game like that, if it's even close to the plate, it's a strike. I'm going to bail him out. We're going to get out of here. We're not spending the whole night here. Right. You know, especially if the other team isn't going to swing, if their asshole of a coach says, don't you take that bat off your shoulder till he gets at least one strike on you. Fuck you, it's Little League. How about the ass? Let's play ball. How about the asshole coach who not only is coaching his kids to not take the bat off the shoulder, but is then aggressively loud clapping with every walk to first. Oh. All right, all right, yeah, all right, ready to go, Billy. Do you hey, have no find soul? The zone. You, do you have no soul? Uh, Bob, a lot of youth coaches don't. A lot of youth coaches are assholes beyond anyone's wildest imagination. And they I know have no for a sense. fact already, already this year I've heard this story, a team intentionally batted out of order when they were getting beat why? They batted out to get their better hitters up, and they were caught by the other team after the fact, to which the coach said, eh, sorry, you didn't catch us doing it. Oh, he my admitted. God. He, like, he basically admitted, yeah, we batted out of order. What are you going to do? It's passed. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, what an I heard asshole. The, I, I heard that not, story. Can Wait, we not so ban the, those guys for life? What's the lesson learned sports? there? Kids cheat whenever possible. Sometimes you get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is actually the lesson, unfortunately. That's the lesson. Hey, kids, cheat. I don't believe in not keeping scores and all that. I think you should keep score. There should be winners and losers. That's That's important. I agree. You, you yeah. learn I agree. To, yeah, but the flip to side lose. to it you is... Should, but they should also be herded into being good sports Yes, when they win and when they lose, when things aren't going that way. Much that you play fairly, you play by the rules. Yes. Yeah, much like and after a hockey... And that, especially at that level, that you teach... You're supposed to be teaching the game, not trying to win yourself the Coach of the Year award. <laughs> yeah, with nine-year-olds. At the, at the, the banquet, <laughs> so you can stand there with your right, your plaque. Yeah, yeah, the coach, coach McCarthy, he was great this year. He really led the boys to a great season, 29-2. and two, And uh, we want to honor him tonight with this plaque yeah. and we'll a $50 gift certificate to Applebee's. Sport because they never played. <laughs> And other kids thinking that they're major league material. But sports make people crazy. They make parents crazy. They make parents try to live vicariously through their children. 
to the point that it gets to be a bit insane at times. I'm not sure that it's getting better or that we're recovering from that. I think it may be getting worse. How yeah. can it be getting worse? We pointed this out for at least 30 years now. The parents know. are the problem most of the time with kids' sports, not the kids. Have you guys covered the story in your neck of the woods about the Arrowhead High School soccer player who's suing uh, Waukesha uh, School District? Saying no, that I her... actually don't know anything about it. Okay, Arrowhead High You know where Arrowhead is, right? Sure yes. do. Bobby, you know Arrowhead. I do. Tell me about Arrowhead up there. Arrowhead is like the kids who have everything school. They have a football stadium and a football facility and complex, weight room, Their training, locker all room it would, would rival most... Uh, I would say some D1 colleges. Isn't I your mean, boy Joe Panos Arrowhead alum? He, he, yes. Well, okay. his kids are. I don't okay. think Joe did. Yeah, Joe didn't go his there. Kids, his kids, okay. Yeah. His kids yeah. go there, and uh, it's mm-hmm. produced Arrowhead number of pro players? Uh, yes, no, yeah. maybe. I'm, okay. I can't think of maybe specifically, but a lot of kids go to college out of there. That's it's, one of the, it's one of the big football yeah. factories in Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, so Arrowhead High School, a sophomore girls soccer player is – suing the school district because she was suspended from her team for four games for an underage drinking incident, even though she claimed she never touched a drop of alcohol. The suit was filed April 27th in Waukesha County Circuit Court, and it names the school district, the school board, the board's personnel committee, the uh, Arrowhead High School Activities Director Ryan Madigan, and Superintendent Laura Myra as defendants. They've got 45 days now to file a written response. Basically, the school suspended the girl for four games because she hosted a party in February to watch, uh, to which some underage students brought alcohol and drank alcohol. The girl herself never consumed, possessed, provided, or distributed any alcohol during the incident, according to their lawsuit, but was suspended nonetheless for violating the school's code of conduct. I'll pause to get your thoughts. So she hosted it, and people brought stuff over. She can't control what they bring, but she could ask them to leave, but then she's going to be the biggest nerd on the planet in school. Hmm. Exactly how she violated the policy, the student-athlete policy, and why the school meted out inconsistent punishments to the students involved are key issues in the lawsuit, says her attorney. No, what are the other punishments? Well, I think some were not suspended, some were not punished. It was different. The lawsuit, which seeks a temporary and permanent injunction against imposition of the suspension, plus money for attorney's fees and other costs, including unspecified additional relief, and a judicial review of the incident. How old is the girl? She's uh, a sophomore. So 15, 16? She was suspended for four games. Girls soccer. I'm sorry, but my net net of this is this is not a fucking lawsuit. This is called a take the L and move <laughs> on. Am I wrong, Bob? Would you why listen to the lawyers and depositions and you're going to drag the school district into court and disrupt the lives of a dozen people well, over a four-game girls' soccer suspension? Life is too fucking short. She didn't hire lawyers. Her parents did. That's true. And I'm she directing this at the parents. She didn't say, well, I'm calling my lawyer. Where, where were her parents during this party? Yeah, during the They're party, so involved right. in this thing. Right. 
where were they when the girls were drinking? That's a better question. Where Right, they're all concerned about her playing soccer. Where were they during her party with all her friends coming over? Asshole there? parents who are like, well. Then I'm going to see you all in court when I see you. <laughs> you know? And so they probably have <laughs> money, right, because it's a fairly wealthy district, Waukesha, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. So they got the money, and they got their mm. panties in a wad, and they don't have the balls to say to their daughter, you know what? This is a life lesson. Use your head next time. Right. Four, yeah. Look, four games is not the end of the world. It's not your entire sophomore season. You will live from this. You will go on. Yes, these administrators administered your punishment haphazardly, arbitrarily. It was completely and terribly unfair. You really didn't do anything wrong. But guess what? You're going to learn. This is called life. And the other lesson in life is, even if you've got money like mommy and daddy, like we're going to spend a certain amount of money on this lawsuit. Instead, we're going to go on a nice vacation together as a family. And we're going to laugh, and we're going to have fun. And guess what? You're going to apologize to your coach and the school and your teammates for letting him down and promise to do better, and life's going to go on. That should be the lesson, not a lawsuit. Her civil rights violated because of a four-game soccer suspension. (laughs) I just don't, I, um... I just, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I, I guess I get it. It saddens me that this is how our country is. Were these players asked to sign any kind of code of conduct or anything before a season started or uh, when they became school athletes, uh, they were told what was expected of them? Probably. I don't know in particular. I, I, I read the first chunk of the story and I rolled my eyes and said, Jesus, you got to be kidding me. And then stop reading. I mean, I guess I could dig into it. I know where your lawyer-like brain is going, Brian. You're trying to <laughs> suss out the merits of this case. And I'm trying to dismiss the case on it. It has yeah. no merit. <laughs> right. Am uh, I right, Bob? This is yeah, a federal I, lawsuit over a four-game soccer suspension for a booze party. Yeah. I mean, what? there are here's, bigger here's, fish here's to fry what, in life. Jesus. Unfortunately, as parents... Uh, across this great nation of ours, we don't just look at our kids enough and go, boo fucking who? Right. Or you lesson the learned. Old, the old deal with it. Yeah, know? right. That was a that was a big phrase I remember in, in uh, Toledo. It yeah. seemed like that was around. And, and even in high school, it was like, oh, deal with it. Something happened, deal with it. Yeah. But parents no, defend their kids? Well, here's how we deal with it. Call the lawyers. Yeah. Oh, I'll deal with it. Oh, I'll deal with it. And you're not going to like the way I deal with it either. I'm I'll talk about what uh, <laughs> this is girls. So I think it's different from boys, especially boys in the 70s. For but some what reason, Dave and Betty would have said to me if I got suspended. For some reason, when I hear it's girls involved in these things, and this is probably sexist on my part, it seems more hysterical. I don't know why, (laughs) but it's no less or more hysterical than if it was a dramatic, right? Right. That was suspended from the soccer team. So, but in my, (laughs) if that happened to me, it'd be like, well, I never play anyway. So big deal. Well, here's what I would have done. I would have been scared to death to tell my dad. Oh yeah. I'm not there. I got suspended for four weeks for what? (laughs) Well, remember that time you were out of town? Yeah. I had some, I had some friends over and apparently a couple of them brought some beer. I didn't know. I swear. I didn't know. But then they got caught, and now I'm suspended because I hosted this party. Because my question would have been, or do you have to tell my parents? <laughs> because <laughs> I might have. Because if because yeah. right away I'm starting to think to myself, well, how do I not have my parents find out? I don't think I ever would have considered that the yeah 
Betty and Dave would sue the school. <laughs> what are you trying to do to this? That just meant man? a second ass kicking. Is yeah, all that meant? Right. You, you would have been like, I, I will keep this hushed up. Right. right. I will. I will run until I vomit every day if you don't tell my parents. Because <laughs> parents used to be the ultimate. That that was who you feared. Now these parents, yeah. like this daughter, this girl's parents are backstopping her to the point where I bet going forward she's going to be like. Yeah, I can do what I want. My parents will sue your ass. If I'd have come home and said to my dad, get the lawyer on the phone, I've been suspended. <laughs> what? Did you have why, a family? Certainly, Bob. Did you have a family lawyer growing up? Not that I knew no. of. No. No, neither no. did I. I think my parents had wills, but I don't know who did them. <laughs> you know, I, I have no idea who wrote those up. And I'm sure it was done by a lawyer because we didn't have the internet where you could just download the paperwork and insert your wealth in this blank. <laughs> Who was getting I got, a, this I got blank. a lawyer story for you, though. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Um, my Uncle Robert died. And Sorry, Uncle his Robert. His estate went to probate. And, uh, okay. Oh, boy. You know, uh, I guess my dad was the executor, and he was okay. waiting on some letter or something, waiting and waiting, and he was told, well, What year are we talking about? <sighs> 70. Okay. All right. The olden days. So I'm about 11. Okay. <laughs> you know, I come from school. I got my trumpet with me from band and oh, your trumpet player. And books. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't even call myself that. <laughs> I get the mail out of the mailbox. Shut up. Get the mail out of the mailbox and stick it in the trumpet case. And, you know. I see it coming. Yeah. The letter from the lawyer stayed in the trumpet case for how long? Uh, weeks. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then my dad had lost a couple of days at work and days of vacation waiting for this letter. Then I finally opened the thing up again and look at it. Oh, shit, this mail's in here. Oh. And I just mixed it in with the rest of the mail. Good idea. Just, Good thinking. And this letter finally came, and there on the phone of the lawyer, I never said a word. They never found out. So you didn't lose. I think this is the first time I'm telling this story. Actually. Wow. Wow, it really scarred you. So you, you, oh, didn't lose, you didn't lose the Nelson family fortune, basically, on a letter that you should have delivered. No, he didn't have anything okay. anyway. It was just a, it was just a, <laughs> I screwed up my dad's right. paycheck because he lost some days at work. Uh, All right, good. awesome. Good. Well, I'm going to dance you guys out to your favorite artist, Pitbull, and the, Thank you. And the song Fireball, because I know you guys wanted some music on your segment, so we'll just and let you, you dance out on this. Uh, I was told, by the way, that Fireball is a girl's shot. Is it? Yeah, that okay. is not for men. Woo-woo! Makes me want to drink, yeah. Sure does, uh, yeah. It could be. I don't, uh, Steve, I stopped doing shots a long time ago. You never do bring, a shot. When people bring shots, I'm, no, no. We'll, we'll go for everybody. Well, you shouldn't have. You shouldn't have got one I don't know me. how that became one. the bonding experience of yeah. all, like, hey, you want to do a shot? You want to do a shot with us? And then there was, no. I won't say never, but it's rare, rare no. that I will do one. And then people, when I start getting shit <laughs> and now for it. we are bonded for life. <laughs> right. When I start getting sh- When I start getting shit for it, it's like, oh, yeah, now I'll drink it. Yeah. Okay. You got it. You're right. Doing doing shots. You're who I want to be teamed up with. (laughs) Doing shots is the modern fast forwarding through commercials of drinking. You are fast forwarding through the tedious, boring part of slowly getting drunk to getting drunk really fast. (laughs) Fire.
fire at all. All right, Bob and Brian, BobandBrianWorld.com. Sign up, subscribe, and of course, listen to us knuckleheads every day on Bob mm-hmm. and Brian's show mm-hmm. in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 102.9 The Hog. Boys, thanks for your extra time this week, and uh, don't sue anybody, all right? <laughs> See ya! Yeah. Say it, Steven. We'll end with this today. Even if you are Tom Brady, even if you have won five Super Bowl MVPs, even if you are a certified alpha male badass, when you're married to a Brazilian supermodel, you got to do certain things. In fact, I think every man has to do certain things. You have to at some point just go, you know what? I'm not going to fight this. I'm not going to fight this for the sake of peace and harmony in the household. Tom Brady went to the Met Gala with his lovely wife, the girl from Ipanema, the supermodel Giselle Bunchen, who I think is the most highly compensated model in the world right now, king of the supermodels, queen of the supermodels. She was the one, reports USA or reports People magazine, she was the one that chose their looks, including the coordinating gold Versace gown she wore and Tom's very interesting quasi-matador black suit with the gold little lame stitching and whatever that was. <laughs> Did she also make him comb his hair that way? Kind of wet it down and just comb it over to the side? Some say he was wearing makeup. I can't quite tell. I wouldn't be shocked. Some kind of male makeup. Here was the video clip she posted on, might have been on Twitter, might have been on Snapchat, whatever. It's, of course, vertical video. This is funny. Hello, everyone. We are almost arriving at the mat. And do you want to see my cute date? There he is. What a cutie. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't he a cutie, guys? Seriously. (laughs) <laughs> at the end, Brady's like, stop. And then he puts his hand up. And I don't think that was a work. I think he genuinely was like, yeah, that's enough. Matt, <laughs> and do you want to see my cute date? There he is. What a cutie. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't he a cutie, guys? Stop. Seriously. <laughs> stop, he says. <laughs> oh, boy. That is something. Thank God for Tom Brady and Giselle Bunch, and they make sports and life and the internet way more interesting. That'll do it for us today here. And by us, I mean me. Well, me and Bob and Brian. That's an us, right? You know the drill. Tell two friends have lots. Tell two friends who have lots of free time to listen to this crap to go ahead and download and review. Download yourself and subscribe at all the major podcast outlets. And as Drago once said about Rocky, if he dies, he dies. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.